Hello and welcome to the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts. My name is Leslie Goodburn. Series 2 will explore many different aspects of pancreatic cancer and we will meet patients, carers, nurses, doctors, oncologists, scientists, fundraisers and charity workers all working so hard to support people affected by the disease. Developing research that might just be the breakthrough to extend and improve quality of life and maybe one day find a cure for a disease which has such low survival rates. So join me and Charlotte Foster, our resident podcaster from Charlotte Foster Productions, on the second journey of discovery into the world of pancreatic cancer. These podcasts are dedicated to the memory of my husband, Seth Goodburn, who died 33 short and heartbreaking days after diagnosis and are in support of Pancreatic Cancer UK. For many of us, taking part in some fundraising might be um, a run, might be a race for life, it might be um, a sponsored walk, a sponsored silence, it might be raising some money at a car boot sale or a, a stool, a cake stool, you know, something along those lines. But for the two women we're talking to or hearing from in today's episode, raising money for pancreatic cancer involved them flying thousands of miles to South America and trekking to Machu Picchu in Peru. I spoke to Andrea and to Claire ahead of their trip and after their trip just to find out about them, why they wanted to do this, why it was so important to them and just what it was like. I began by asking Claire how she was feeling. It's a bit nerve wracking to be truthful, but it's I wouldn't say it was on my bucket list, but it's one of those things that you always see on the telly or or in magazines and it's like, oh, I'd really like to do that, but never thought I would do it. And what was it that persuaded you, I guess, or convinced you that this was the right thing to do? Um, my mum had died in the October and I was just like, when you want to do something and you just, something meaningful. Um, and I just looked into it and it was just like, wanted to do it. It seemed right. It's a, obviously a cause close to my heart and everything. So I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'm I'm doing that. You mentioned your mum. Would you yeah. mind just telling us a little bit about your mum, please? Yeah. Um, so, well, mum, both my mum and dad have died from pancreatic cancer now. Um, my dad died um, 2014. Um, he was ill the week before Christmas. Um, we just thought it was a virus. Um, he was waiting to go and have to see a specialist about having a um, another knee replacement. He was only on um, Nurofen and that. It was nothing. Um, and he had more tests. He started to go um, a bit yellow. But years ago when you had the, the Sunny Delight um, advert where everybody was turning yellow, um, he was drinking a lot of squash and we thought maybe that was it um and it turned out that it wasn't and we didn't know he'd got pancreatic cancer until um after he died and then you wouldn't believe that um you could be hit twice um and my mum and I were going to go to Australia 
to my auntie's 80th birthday party. And about nine days, it was nine days before um, we were going, she started to go yellow. And I said, are you going yellow? And she said, oh, don't say, don't say that. And I was just like, well, um, she'd lost a bit of weight, but nothing really um, major that would be a big concern. And um, she she went to the doctors just before we went, and they said that we should postpone the the trip until she had tests. And um, we um, we had like we were back in Tutor Hospital and that, and then um, they said that she caught pancreatic cancer, but it was involving the surrounding structures, so um, it was just going to be a case of. Um, caring rather than any any there was no treatment um the doctor had said he wouldn't put his mother through it um because it was wouldn't have it wouldn't help or anything like that so it was making the most of what she'd got left and um she passed away 12 months to the day that um that we first went to the doctors i just can't begin to imagine what that must feel like to have both your your dad and your mum go through something like that you, you don't expect it for either of them, let alone no, both no, of them. No. Um, and it's so strange because, like, you have so many feelings that, that happen. It's, I don't know, there's anger, there's, like, sadness, there's selfishness, because it's like, well, if both your parents have got it, does that mean that I'm going to get it? Um, and I did actually get in touch and see if there was any trials and stuff that I could go on. But when I, I don't even know who it was that I um, rang and that, but they said as much as it was, um, um, you know, a disaster and everything for me, it was just a freak fluke that both my parents had got it. It wasn't, um, it had to be two people, like two um, sides of the family. So if if my mum and a relative of hers had got it, then I could go on a trial or something. But because it was too separate, they, they're not related. It was just fluky that they got it. Gosh, you know, I was just thinking, you know, your, my thought would then turn to, well, what about me? The genetics. But it did. Yeah. And that's natural, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, it, it sounds selfish, but it's like, well, if both your parents have it, how, how am I going to get it? Is my sister going to get it? And that, and then you think, well, do you want to know? But then it's like, do you not want to know? And raises all sorts of questions. It doesn't does, it? yeah. Well, obviously, you're heading off to Peru. What, yeah. what do you think will be the biggest challenge for you while you're out there? Um, I'm not very good with people that I'm quite shy, so I'm not very good with people that I don't know. Um, and I could probably look or be a bit like as though I'm a bit standoffish and I'm not it's just I'm really nervous so um I missed there was a a group get together in January um and I'd already got something on on that day so I couldn't go to it so some people have done stuff together before and some people have like obviously met on on that day and that there are other people that don't know each other we've got like um we've got a whatsapp group Mm. um so i've got to know people through there but it's still not the same like turning up at heathrow airport on friday evening meeting a load of people that i don't know i'm quite nervous about that 
and then getting on a plane with a load of people that you don't know and yeah, you're in that confined hours. space as well and it is a long plane journey yeah, I remember yeah. that much yeah yeah um I have done the Machu Picchu oh, in right, Trail yeah. um and it's one of the best things I've ever done in my life so yeah. I know you're going to love it I don't want to give anything away to you <laughs> before it because it's one of those things you've got to experience it yourself what have your your family and friends said about what you're up to then what do they make um, of it all just really really chuffed and proud and and the, um keep saying you know my mum and dad would be so proud that I'm doing it and um it was quite funny because I went traveling for 12 months um 15 years ago and my my mum was like oh I don't think you should go you know and all, you know it's a long time and it's the, and my dad's like yeah go on oh, I wish I could have done all of that and all that so I think yeah doing this it, it's I think that they'll be really proud um but like everybody's just been amazing to be truthful and so supportive and it's a little bit of, it's a way of honoring your parents as well isn't it to do this yeah because this is the first year that um we get to plant saplings on the way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, they said it's the first year kind of thing. And then we had an email the other day to say that we can, um, if we want to take a picture or something, we can tie it to the sapling. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So I printed the one out today and that. Um, so it'd be, I'm really looking forward to that. I did say, you don't have to carry the shovel yourself, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah. when I went, it was the late 90s, I was quite young. Um, and I don't know if they still do this, so um, you might have to do this on the slide. They say at the beginning of the Inca Trail, you pick up three rocks right. or pebbles or stones. Um, the first one you leave on the top of the first pass that day. The second yeah. one you leave at Machu Picchu itself. And the third one that you, you keep it forever. And then whenever you're sort of in times of trouble or just times when you need a bit of reflection, you pick up that rock and you hold it in your hand and you remember what it was like oh, and I've got that rock still 22 years later and I still yeah. it's in my hand right now so I'm thinking of oh, you yeah oh that's brilliant I mean I'm gonna do that even if they don't tell me that you, you might you know it. I'm not sure how many rocks are left that's the only <laughs> yeah. problem so everyone keeps picking up a rock <laughs> yeah getting the trail but you might want to do that sneakily we won't tell anyone yeah. you've done no. it no no <laughs> until they hear this to the podcast yeah <laughs> so obviously this is before we are going to talk to you when you come back what would what would in an ideal world what would you like what stories would you like to be telling me when you come back um just well maybe um i know that it doesn't happen to just you kind of thing um and there's other there's other people out there because obviously there's 18 people on this track that have all been affected by by pancreatic cancer um but just to know that you're you know other people's stories are different because with my dad he was so quick and he wasn't in any pain um and then somebody that I know their their mother uh, passed away but I said well because my our doctor turned around and said well it's so quick so you wouldn't want it but you would want it because it's so painless and he turned around and said well he's never seen anybody go through so much pain as his mother did um and I just want to just want to like know other people's how what went on in theirs without being like intrusive or anything like that but how they dealt with it because my mum passed away 18 months ago and people keep saying oh you've got to grieve and that and I'm like but I don't know what that is it's a really weird one isn't it grief yeah because nobody goes through the same experience it even no. even in a family you can you can have siblings and you'll have 
experience that grief from the same yeah. event completely differently. Exactly. And I just want to know, you know, um, it's like it'll be two years in October since my mum passed away and it's obviously just five years since my dad did. And I'm just like, well, you know, you, you're never going to m- move on um, or forget, but it's just like are there, are there's recent and do, is there things that are going to come now that I haven't experienced or have I got over the worst or just just learning, I think, on how other people are um, uh, dealing with everything and finding a, I say a community I don't know if that's quite the right word but finding the people that are in the same boat as you and in, in, in a very similar way as well that yeah. must be is the word is the right word reassuring or just uh, well I don't know I don't, what the word is it's no. it's something along the lines of reassuring but just knowing you're not alone yeah I mean and the other thing is is like until my dad died I didn't actually I never heard of pancreatic cancer and that was only five years ago um but now everybody that you hear these days is 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 dying of it and i'm like how you know how did it come so fast you know five years is not a long time for to go from never hearing about it um to near enough every other celebrity that you hear has died of it they've had pancreatic cancer um, and it's just, I don't know. And I think that they're going to be, you know, they're doing, I'm doing this podcast and then um, there's other things that will happen and hopefully it, it gets out there and, and everybody does feel as though um, it is a, like a community or or like a team trying to fight against this. Absolutely. And certainly when I've spoken to people in the podcast we've done, there has been Yes, there's been a lot of sadness, don't get me wrong, but there's also a lot of hope out there as well. Yeah. And that's what's important, I think, that everyone has that hope and that belief for the future. Yeah, because then you you don't believe that you're in it yourself then. If um, if you learn and you meet more people that have been affected by it, then you realise that, you know, I know it's you, you deal with things on your own personal front, but you're not alone really because there's a lot more people that have been affected than you realise because you're not in... Um, your own little bubble you are in the wide world and if that means going across across the Atlantic to try and find that then you know um, I'm more than happy to do that and then I had a chat with Andrea who works for Pancreatic Cancer UK so I asked her just what her job involved it's quite a diverse role um I suppose my primary role would be to support those diagnosed with pancreatic cancer um, to introduce them to the charity, let them know about the services that we can do to support them and their family. Um, another side of that then is working with the healthcare professionals to keep them updated with the information that we have there. Um, another role is going out to corporates to deliver presentations on awareness of pancreatic cancer about symptoms. Another part of the job is supporting fundraisers. Um, I then also uh, work with volunteers. So my job is to support volunteers and encourage them to get involved in a volunteer support role. Um, another side of that more recent is working with policy and campaigns so that we can get Northern Ireland in line with treatment with the rest of the UK. So it's it's quite a spectrum role. <laughs> and, and you're getting ready for quite an important trip, aren't you? I sure am. So this Friday, which is like three days, I'm off to Machu Picchu. 
um, took on a personal challenge, um, yeah, to, to push what I felt was, yeah, I felt that although I do support um, in my work, there was just something that I needed to give a wee bit more of me um, and decided to challenge myself to track Machu Picchu. So what does this challenge actually involve um, for people that, that don't know much about Machu Picchu, don't know much about the Inca Trail, don't know much about Peru? What, what will you be doing? So they're like me then, because I signed up not actually knowing what I signed <laughs> no. up to. Um, actually, I didn't realise what I signed up. I didn't even know we'd be camping then. I'm like, oh my God. Um, but yeah, so basically we leave on Friday. Um, quite a long haul, um, three flights in. Uh, we'll get to Cusco on Saturday afternoon and get try and get acclimatised um, because of the altitude. They take us up the mountain on Sunday. We have three hours up there, back down for lunch and then back up for three hours again to get acclimatised to altitude. We then start hitting the road at 7 on Monday morning. Uh, we'll head to the hot springs. We'll do the hot springs first. We'll plant a tree. We're, this is the first year that we're allowed to plant a tree in memory of loved ones. Um, and then we'll start on our hike, um, which will go, we're camping then for four days. Um, Thursday, I can't wait, we'll get a shower. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then back up on Friday, back up into the Sun Gate where we reach the actual peak and get to see Machu Picchu itself. So yeah, it's quite a exciting, nervous <laughs> challenge. So yeah. You signed up for it for a personal challenge. What do you think will be the most challenging part? Um, to be fair, up until now, I hadn't really looked at the emotional side of things. It was very practical in, you know, get the fundraising target met and get my training. And I've been really hard at training for the last few months. Um, and it's only been this week. Um, my daughter gave me a little plaque in memory of my dad on slate to leave at the top of the mountain. And it was only then I thought, oh, this is real. This is this is why you're doing it. It's not, you know, there's, there is a, a passion there to support people with pancreatic cancer. So for me, it will be getting to the top, um, getting through the altitude fitness-wise. I think I'm, I'm okay. Um, but yeah, I will do it on my knees um, if I have to because I just need to get to the top. I've had so much support, Charlotte, that... Um, I owe it to my dad, I owe it to my family and to everyone in Northern Ireland who've been behind me to do whatever it is and to do whatever it takes to actually get to the top of Machu Picchu. So, Do you know yeah. who you're going with? Do you know the group that you're going with yet? No, no. Apart from Lauren from the charity um, and actually there's one other lady from Banbridge so I would be closely connected to her. We've done a few walks but apart from the other 16... No. <laughs> so that's quite exciting and a challenge in itself, yeah. isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, they did have a um, a WhatsApp group set up and you could join in and be part of that WhatsApp group. Um, but I guess I was so concerned about my own anxieties around it, I chose not to be involved in that. Um, and then I just thought, I'll wait and meet people rather than picking up on, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be exciting too, getting to meet who else has signed up and um, and I suppose that support that we'll have for each other because that's what's going to get us through it. You know? And you're all there united with the same cause, aren't you? 
yeah, we're all there for Pancreatic Cancer UK. And, you know, some people have lost some to pancreatic cancer, so they've got a personal attachment, which, like myself, I guess, will be quite emotive for them to, you know, to get that achievement. Others not so, but want to support the cause. So, yeah, we're all there for pancreatic cancer. You mentioned remembering your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Did you mind telling me about your dad? You're not going to make me cry. I'm not trying to make you cry. It's not what I want to do. I've cried so much this week. Um, so pancreas cancer wasn't his primary cancer, um, but um, he had stomach cancer with his primary cancer and he was diagnosed at the age of 36. Um, and then went into remission and removed his stomach and um, replaced with a bike. And then sadly, the metastatic again set in with liver and pancreas. And he really had no chance. So he died at the age of 42. That's no age. Yeah, do you know what, Charlotte? At that stage, I thought he was an old man. He did look old. Yeah. Um. Again, that's knowing now what I know. Um. The impact of chemotherapy and the whole stress of that, and a family man, you know, it aged him something shocking. But yeah, I was only twenty at the time. Um. So I've always wanted to do something. I've done a, you know, some walks and um. I did a, a marathon for depression because of my mum's diagnosis of mm. depression, which I'm sure you can imagine um, living and losing someone to cancer. It's inevitable. It's going to impact. So I've done that. And this is kind of like, this one's for you, Dad, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I promise I'm trying. I'm not trying to make you cry. I promise. <laughs> but do you think he'll be proud of you? Oh, God, don't. You're going to make me cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> my daughter, um. Yeah, my daughter wrote a letter and gave it to me because I won't be here for Mother's Day, so I'm going to be missing Mother's Day. So they had a Mother's Day for me on Saturday. Yeah. And then it was a letter um, from her saying that he would be so proud. As a matter of fact, she wished he was here to tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, so, yeah, he would. He would. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so well done, you make me cry. I'm so sorry. It's not what I do this for, I promise. It's about telling stories and about, and it's your story as well, which is important. It's not, it's about how you honour your father, how you honour the rest of your family and, and everyone else, you know, in the pancreatic cancer, I want to say the community, and it is a community, isn't it? It's a real, and it's almost like a family. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I started this job coming three years with um, PC UK. Um, I didn't realise how much passion that it would drive me, um, which is why I enjoy what I do and, and, and go to lengths to have the people of pancreatic cancer's voice heard in Northern Ireland because it's been quiet for so long. Um, and that's the drive. And I, I think I had psychologically parked the emotional side because I had so much training to do and so much um I suppose focused on fundraising but this week it's like this is this is the reality and you know so having that little slate with his photograph on it was kind of a reminder this is why you do what you do <laughs> you know for him I have lost so many people to pancreatic cancer in the last three years some who are almost like a family, um, that it, it's my life, it's not a job, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's become part of me. Um, 
Yeah, and this this is this is this is my own investment and to send to people with diagnosed like, you know, I get it and I want to try and help change the future for those diagnosed with such a tough disease. So yeah. <laughs> what are That's you doing? For- You're doing a fantastic job. We're gonna catch up with you when you come back as well to find out what you thought of it so uh, thank you for for talking to us for now this is part one and we look forward to part two thank you so much i appreciate it so there we go bags are packed flights are ready to be boarded and off they went and what was great was i was able to follow them on social media and see their journey and get a little bit jealous that i wasn't there with them so the first thing i did when they got back was let them have a little bit of uh, time to get over the jet lag. But then, of course, I rang them up and I had to get the had to find out just how they found it. Now, Andrea's line isn't brilliant, I'm afraid, for this one. Um, but you can hear her. Just just bear with us on the on the quality of the line. I think it was the excitement of being back from Peru. It's really hard to put it into words for you to get the true emotion that came with it. Um but it's a very surreal experience, even sitting here today. It doesn't feel like I was away because it's, it's just hard to, really hard to put it into words. But it's just, inc- just incredible. You were, obviously beforehand, there were some nerves, weren't there? What, were, what was your biggest yeah. fear before you went? Um, I suppose feeling not fit enough and not having any contact with the family was definitely up there with the biggest fears and and how did you find it when you were there for for those things fitness no bother struggled with family yeah and really struggled actually what was the biggest struggle then with the fam with family was it them not being there to experience it not being able to share it the weather was quite bad on some days so at night time people were getting into their tent so I was there in a tent on my own and had no one to share the downtime with, you know, where you could just lift the phone or, you know, check Facebook or Twitter or so you had literally no contact with the outside world. Um and that was that was tough. That was really tough. So, that for me was the challenge. Yeah, not 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 the, the very long walk you did. No. No not actually really surprised with myself, but the, the the loneliness and the food. <laughs> what was the food like then? You're probably asking the wrong person, but it didn't work for me at all. <laughs> um, if you like quinoa and avocado and are not afraid to try strange meats that don't really look like chicken, but are supposed to be chicken, then you'll survive. <laughs> Did you have guinea pig? No, I did not indeed. Some of the I did take some pictures. Some of the guys that we were travelling with did brave the guinea pig and said it tasted quite gamey. Um, but definitely not Charlotte, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, oh no! And you want it? It comes with a head and all still on it. Like it's, you know. Oh no! Honestly, it has the full carcass with just the meat round it and. Oh, it's honestly, it was, oh, it's just horrible. And then we got, we were able to go into one of the Inca houses 
um, up in the community in the mountains where they were breeding the guinea pigs so they were underneath the bed and there was about 10 guinea pigs running around live and then you're thinking oh my goodness you're actually breeding them to eat them so yeah not for me thanks <laughs> I don't even want to go there no absolutely not definitely um, so the Inca Trail what was you know when you first when you took that first step what was that like um at first it was kind of like just walking in a mountain here but then when you started to go into actual communities where you could see the traditional Inca clothing and then we were surrounded at camps with children um and I mean on some of the days it was really cold and um but they had little Moses sandals on with no socks but they had got so used to the cold that they didn't feel it and here we were hopped up with gloves and hats and um but seeing how they thrived on nothing was quite humbling um and actually made you kind of realize we got to be thankful for what we have because these kids just were oblivious to what they didn't have i mean we couldn't we we bought little gifts for them we couldn't but give them sweets or anything because no medical care um so we had little colour nins and um, pencils and markers and the excitement like was just overwhelmed and balls we gave them balls and it was for me that was I suppose really humbling and quite grinding um, to realise that we have it good and these these kids know no better um, and running around with no coats, just little like cardigans on. Some would have walked with us for miles with no fear. Their parents had no concern for their whereabouts because they were safe, because crime levels are really low. And you kind of reflect them at home. I mean, if they haven't got their game pad or their phones or money for the best clothing, it's problems where these kids, all they wanted was a colouring in back pencil. And it was, it was like a thousand pound to them. So that was really humbling. And I know that having, I mentioned you, I've done the Inca Trail myself when I was 16. Um, and you've got all the different passes that you go across and you get up and then you see Machu Picchu having done some, some it's not an easy, it's not an easy trek, is it? No, it, I think because it goes up and down so much, you know, um, and coming down was probably tougher than going up on the knees. And then the rain didn't help because it was quite slippy and quite marshy at, at points. We had some people fall um, and some amazing sights, but nothing in comparison to reaching that sun gate and looking down and, and just complete awe. Basically just, and we, we all stood at the top for a bit and, sat in that big stone I'm sure you know the big stone I'm talking uh, yeah, about yeah um, had our picture taken and then um just kind of took in that for a bit and then we walked down into Machu Picchu itself but absolutely surreal the walk to Machu Picchu um we got off the 104 kilometer train um and up through um the forest kind of that was just and the weather then was was fantastic it was just phenomenal for me that was probably one of the better days because there was so much to take in and you could see the river um, with the power behind the river was just, oh, yeah, probably the, the walk to Machu Picchu was probably the best that final day up through the forest and the greenery, the rivers, 
the heat was phenomenal. Yeah, and no, we didn't have to camp that night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What would you say, I know you said that you learnt a lot while you were there or you saw a lot. What would you say was the the thing that you've you've brought home the most, the thing that you'll keep with you forever? Um, The sense of achievement, I suppose. Um, And that actually was a challenge. And that even through the tough times, I got myself through it, which has now left me thinking, what next? Because I enjoyed, I enjoyed pushing that limit. And then Claire, how did she find it? Because if you remember, she was a little bit nervous, wasn't she? It was really good. There was um, eighteen of us altogether. Um, most people were um, had a relative or or connection. There was one person that didn't have a connection. Um, she just wanted to do Machu Picchu, so she just um, she joined the trek. Um, no, it was good. It was good, but yeah, I don't think I'd do it again. What were the main challenges? Um, not washing my hair for four days. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, breathing. I think really that was uh, that was the main thing, um, and opening up as well, opening up to people. Um, because everybody was just like in the same position, but it was also it was nerve wracking as well. Because you, you know, who wants to open up really to be truthful to like people that you don't know? Um, that's not me at all. And that, but no, it, I mean they were lovely. And that, and we're still there's a still a got a WhatsApp group, and um, there was talk about us doing like a weekend get together to do more walking and stuff. But um, no, it, I really enjoyed it. I really did. And I pushed myself and um, didn't think I would, like I could do something like that. Um, but I think breathing was the worst thing because of the altitude um, and just getting getting used to it and like headaches and stuff. Um, I think the, the only one day that I caught myself a little bit getting emotional was um, when we planted the trees because it was the first time and that and um they did a like a little ceremony and there's been a plaque and you know that was really good and it that I was all right I I didn't cry but you know you can just feel yourself a little bit and you realize that this is the main one of the main things that you're there for and that but I yeah no it was good what was it like taking that first step on the Inca Trail yeah I well you you don't really know because you don't know what it's going to be like because you can go walking down the street and you can, um, you could, I don't know, I've climbed Snowden a couple of times and I've um, tried to do some walking, but n- nothing actually does prepare you for for what you're going to encounter. Um, I mean, there was a few people that were um, ill a little bit. Um, there, nobody fell over until the last st- the second to last day and that was only because it was raining and it was like all boggy and stuff um so nobody actually fell down a hill or anything um but you know it it was I don't know what I expected and I don't know if I actually got had expectations and then got over those expectations I just I didn't know what it was going to be um and like walking for eight hours and it was like you did clock watch a little bit as much as the scenery was spectacular, absolutely amazing. 
but it was just like how long are we going to be walking for you know how you know where's the destination and it's just like but there wasn't really a point where you could say right this is it I'm doing it I, well I didn't think so um it just seemed to flow you know it was just as though that was what always happened that you were um walking then you got to camp and then it was just and that's just it just seemed that's you know, we were all there to do that. And I, as much as that sounds really simple, that's what it was. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. How how was it when you got to Machu Picchu then after after going up and down the... Because I know it's a lot of up and a lot of down. Yeah, yeah. I t- it was quite funny. I didn't really like the the last day, the Thursday. Not It's not that I didn't like it. It's just it was obviously very high up and you were... Uh, the, the pathway was um, not very wide and also rather high up. So I, I didn't think I had a problem with heights majorly and that, but I was dubious that um, there would be no stopping you if you did fall kind of thing in certain areas. But it was, um, we didn't need, that was the first day we didn't need, well, I didn't need my sticks at all. I didn't use my sticks that, well, I started off and then they were just more of a hindrance. Um, and you didn't need it because even though you were going up, it was kind of flat. It wasn't flat, obviously, because you're going upwards. But um, uh, yeah, I didn't have to use my sticks. And then at one point when you get, oh, I don't know how far it was from the sun gate. And you, they literally said to everybody, you have to put your sticks away now because um, you've got to go up on your hands and knees. How do you go up, up <laughs> on your hands and knees? It was just like, it was one of those ones where you just, you look at the steps and you think, well, there's steps, but you had to go up on your hands and knees. It was just bizarre, and that. But then we um, we all put our t-shirts. A few people got their t-shirts on, um, and we um, all put our t-shirts on. And then we got a big banner, and then um, Lauren, that was from Pancreatic Cancer UK, she went up to the top to video was coming up, and then we walked on up, kind of thing, and then. Um, like all in behind the the um the banner and everything like that and yeah there was there were tears on on that day and that everybody was just in tears what's been the reaction from your your friends and your family now that you've done it yeah really chuffed um can't believe i did it and that i'm really proud so um yeah i just i don't know i don't think anybody doubted that i could do it and that um but, you know, it's I, I had an article in the paper, um, so that was a good... I had, like, a full-page spread. Get um, you! Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I just think proud, and everybody was, like, saying, oh, your mum and dad would be proud and all of this lot, and, you know, it was... It's, I'm glad I've done it. What do you think you learnt the most from it all? Um, that as much as you... Um, things and you can do things on your own it is good that you do have other people around you and that you're not um what does it say you're not the only person that things happen to and you know um i thought that it was slightly um you know you uni- not unique but it, I lost both my mum and dad 
but then there were there were people there that um there was two sisters there they'd lost their mum and brother um and um they were like friends or grandparents and it it just you're not the only person that's yeah and also it's it also seems a bit like a bit of a luxury that we did it yeah because when you see all of the people that live there as well where it it sometimes feels as though we're being a little bit intrusive uh, and it's just it's very strange to to you to understand because you've done it but for somebody that hasn't done it to say those things it probably sounds like really silly but it's not um but i think it's like it does allow you to open up a little bit more i think doing these things and it going to countries like that it does open your eyes as well and that um but yeah i don't i don't know you know when you think right well, well what have i done and how's it made me feel and stuff like that but then to actually try and explain it it's quite difficult to to explain and peru is such a special country as well yeah. isn't it yeah it was lovely it really was and it was so funny because like here when you're like in wales um every other field is just full of sheep there every other field is just full of llamas so when you before you go there you're so like excited to see a llama or an alpaca and then all of a sudden oh yeah there's one there's another one kind of thing and it's just like it's just the norm do you think Peruvians come to Wales and go, I'm so excited about seeing a sheep? <laughs> I know. It's just like, oh. Our guide, he was um, oh, he was so intelligent. Um, he was just lovely. And we, when we had our meal on the last night, he was just, just to listen to and, and talk to him and that. And it's just like, and I think we have the perception that because we're from the West, that we're... Um, I don't mean better than other people, but we are. Um, I don't. I don't know how to describe it. But um, he just showed me that it doesn't matter where you're from, you can achieve anything. His his education, and they're obviously not a rich country and not rich people and that. But he was just his story and what he's accomplished puts a lot of people in this country to shame and all he wants to do is better himself and better his family and we're just doing it for you know let's just go and do something and that but there was a real reason for you doing it you were doing oh, it to yes. raise money yes yeah oh yeah and i and i raised just under four thousand one hundred. Oh wow yeah so i'm really chuffed with that um really chuffed with it but yeah so it, it's it's is it was important um it's something i always wanted to do and i probably would never have done it if my circumstances had not been what they are so um it's like it's a bit weird because you, i don't thankful isn't the right word because obviously i prefer to have my mum and dad here but i don't think i would have done it if they hadn't have been here i understand i understand it's it's kind of <sighs> grateful for the opportunities that are now coming your way but yeah no I completely get it yeah but it's hard to put into words isn't it it is isn't it because it's it's like as you say it's like an opportunity but it's just like I can say I wanted to do it but I probably never would have done it 
and that and it's just it's it has opened it's opened my, like my eyes and my um my attitude to myself as well in the fact is that I can do these things and I and I probably wouldn't have done them if they'd have been around because I'd have just been comfortable so I've been trying to push myself out of my comfort zone well well done thank you congratulations <laughs> what's next uh well I've got the great north run in September and then I am taking a little break but I will come back with some kind of challenge and that um I've done I have literally just fundraised since my dad died in 2015 so at uh, 14 so I I do need to I just want I'm also buying a house so I'm in the process of that that's a so challenge just, yes yeah so I just need um a bit of, not time out but I just yeah a bit of respite recuperation yeah yeah, yeah. and then I will be back with something new Thank you so much to Claire and Andrea for talking to me um, and giving up their time when they were very busy in the run-up to going to Machu Picchu and also for sharing their experiences both off the trek and their story of of why they wanted to do it and why it was so important to them. Maybe you want to start fundraising. Remember, you can go to our website, purplerainbow.co.uk to find out more information and we'll be back very soon.